sure that Jesus is first and foremost Savior. Um, and whatever grave you feel like you're being held down by right now, it won't hold you down forever because of Jesus. And <laughs> what a great reminder. So, yes, Jesus as Savior, first and foremost. But Jesus is also a storyteller. And I'm Asha Juno. I'm excited to continue this morning um, in our storyteller series. And I think the sweetest thing about seeing Jesus as storyteller is the truth that he tells us stories because he wants us to get to know him. The God of the universe wants to be known by us. He created us and knows us completely. He knows our past, our present, our futures. He knows everything about us. But he wants us to know him in return, and he gives us that choice. And he tells us stories so that he can be known to us. And can you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing his voice, looking into his eyes, seeing his smile? It's almost too much for my heart to handle, but that's what I want us to imagine today when we read these words. Because I love going through the parables because these are the words written in red in the Bible, right? I mean, these are the words from the mouth of Jesus. And so I want us to imagine that we're sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to these words that come out of the mouth of the Word himself. And I've always loved that name for Jesus, the Word. Probably because I'm a lover of words and a writer and a storyteller myself. I love words. I love the power of words. And Jesus knew the power of words. Again, why he tells stories. The disciple John begins his gospel with these words. It says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John is the one who made this connection, who gave Jesus the name, the Word. And Jesus is called the Word because he is the fulfillment of every word God has ever spoken. Every word out of God's holy mouth, every promise made, is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is called the Word because that's what he is. He is every word of God made flesh, every promise of God fulfilled, the word. And John goes on to say, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Life from death, light in darkness, this promise to overcome death and darkness forever. All these words spoken by God fulfilled in Jesus. And this is why Jesus tells us stories, to point to the promises of God and to reveal to us that he is the fulfillment of all that is good, of all that our hearts long for. And we get to hear the words that the word himself spoke. So as I read our parables for today, keep that in mind. So our parables for today come from Matthew 13, verses 44 through 46, two verses one sentence and a wealth of revelation. It's on the screen. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So I want to read this parable from the Jesus Storybook Bible as well. Um, this is one of my favorites. Um, it's one of my favorite translations of the Bible. It is 
I guess, geared toward kids, but I really recommend it for adults, too. It offers such great perspective. Um, it's so good. And, and read it like this, you can see it. Um, so this is called, they call it Treasure Hunt. One day, Jesus was telling people about God's kingdom. God's kingdom is wherever God is king, Jesus told them. And I'm going to stop to comment already because how good is that? Like so simple, right? I mean, that, it's so hard to define God's kingdom, but God's kingdom is where God is king. So if God is king in your life, God's kingdom is there in your life. It's wherever God is in charge. It's where he fills your heart up with his forever happiness and you stop running away from him and you love him. But sometimes people couldn't understand things very well. So Jesus helped them by telling them stories called parables. Jesus said, God's kingdom is like a hidden treasure. And then he told them this story. Once upon a time, there was a man working in a field, digging. So there he is, digging. But what he doesn't know is that in that field, there is buried treasure. So dig, 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 clink, clink, clunk. Uh-oh. His shovel bumps into something hard. Hello, what's this? He picks it up, dusts it off. It's a cat. It's rusted and lost, but he cries it open. What he sees inside takes his breath away. Beautiful, glittering, gleaming, twinkling, sparkling, precious jewels. It's a treasure chest. He wants that treasure. He needs to get that treasure. He must have that treasure somehow, even if he has to sell everything he has so he can pay for it. He quickly buries the treasure again, runs home, and sells everything he has. He takes the money from the sale and goes and buys that field. Now he owns the field and the treasure that was buried in it. He runs back and digs up the treasure again. Jesus said, coming home to God is as wonderful as finding a treasure. You might have to dig before you find it. You might have to look before you see it. You might even have to give up everything you have to get it. But being where God is, being in his kingdom, that's more important than anything else in all the world. It's worth anything you have to give up, Jesus told them, because God is the real treasure. Like, I mean, there's my third, I, I could be done, I guess, now, right? <laughs> Sally Lloyd-Jones just did it all for me. Um, so God's word is incredible because we never can get to the bottom of it. Um, when I think of God's Word, I often think about the movie, The Grinch. Yes, the live-action Jim Carrey movie from 2000. Probably didn't see that one coming, but it's because the opening scene starts with snow flurries, and then the opening scene starts with snow flurries and then zooms in on one snowflake. And the narrator says, Inside of a snowflake, like the one on your sleeve, there happened a story you must see to believe. And it keeps zooming in on one ice crystal within this one tiny snowflake, and there's this magical world revealed, right? Who knows? The 
that's what the Bible is like. We could zoom and zoom and zoom for all of eternity and always keep discovering more and more and more. There is goodness on the surface, yes. And it just gets better and better from there. There is so much treasure to be found. One way I like to dig for treasure in God's Word is to look up words from the verse in the original language. There are some super simple websites to do this that I would love to share with you. Um, grateful sometimes for technology because we can do things like this without having to get out all the books and, you know, do it that way. It's like a one click and there's so much to be found. And for me, it just adds so much depth. So that's where I started digging when prepping for this message today. So the parable starts, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. And the word treasure in the Greek is thesaurus, just like the word we use for a thesaurus, um, because it means a storehouse of precious things. So we use the word thesaurus for the book of synonyms because it's like a storehouse of words. There's so many words. So it means a storehouse for precious things, stored up treasure, a receptacle for valuables. And this gives so much context because this word tells us that the man didn't just find a small box of treasure. He didn't find just one jewel or gemstone that had been accidentally dropped on the ground. No, this is a storehouse. And it was put there on purpose. It was intentional. And this was hidden in a field, which the man found. And the word here for found is the word heuristo. And what I loved about looking this word up is that this word has two different implications. So depending on its context, it can mean that something was found by accident or just happened upon by someone who wasn't necessarily looking, or it can mean found by someone who was searching, like the man in the second sentence. And this is exactly how faith in Jesus is, right? It's different for everyone. The treasure is intentionally put there by God for anyone and everyone to find, but we all find it in our own way and in our own time, whether we happen upon it by accident or we are searching for it. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. He found what would satisfy every longing of his soul. I mean, he, was, he would not give up everything he has if this was just something that might be good for a day. And this was a treasure that would satisfy every longing of his soul. And the word for joy here is kara. And it means joy from the source of joy. This isn't just circumstantial happiness. This is deep down soul joy that only comes from the source of all goodness and joy itself. Happiness is great and wonderful and fun and sweet, and happiness is absolutely a gift from God, but it's not joy. Happiness is circumstantial, and joy is something else. And I feel like I never had a great way to accurately describe joy without just using a lot of words and doing this a lot with my hands. But as I was looking at this word, and I read one of the definitions written for joy, I honestly about fell down because it was so perfect. It says, joy is the awareness of God's grace. Joy is grace recognized. So good, right? Joy is grace recognized. That's exactly what it is. 
It is not circumstantial happiness. Joy is being able to recognize God's grace in the good and the bad, the happy and sad, the best and the worst. It's having eyes to see God's grace all over our lives. And Jesus is the clearest picture of God's grace. And that's why Jesus wants to reveal himself to us, because God wants us to recognize grace and experience joy. God's ultimate end for every one of us is fullness of joy in heaven forever, which will come one day. But until then, we can have this joy here in this world by looking for God's grace in everything. So our son is three and a half, and he's always loved music. The sound of instruments just stops him in his tracks, and he loves to watch people play music, and he loves to listen to the sounds. And one day we were strolling downtown, and it just happened to be the right time for the church bells to start ringing from one of the churches. He heard them start to ring, and he stopped, and he saw that the sound was coming from a church with a cross on top. And he was mesmerized. And his love for crosses began that day because he associated crosses with the sweetest sound he's ever heard. So he started searching for crosses everywhere. Any drive we would take, anywhere we would walk, started searching for crosses everywhere. And he'd often whip out his knocklers to look for them. I think maybe he learned that from Daniel Tiger. I mean, he would literally just look for crosses. And one day, my husband Jake caught a picture of it as he was doing it. And as I was looking at that picture, tears filled my eyes because one, he's so dang cute. And two, because I realized it was such a perfect picture of what God wants for all of us. <laughs> yes, that, such a perfect picture for what God wants for all of us. For us to be so focused on looking to Jesus so focused on searching for God and His grace in every situation, to be so focused on recognizing grace. And this picture, that is joy. Whipping out our knucklers, <laughs> recognizing grace, and finding joy. There he is. That is joy. Recognizing grace wherever we are. So I encourage you, even do this. Like, it just helps you focus, you know? Like, you're just looking for God's grace in every situation. That's the way to find it. So the man, he sells all that he has, and he buys the field because he's found true joy. He doesn't find the treasure and then feel guilt or shame or pressure because a real relationship with Jesus always begins with joy. And when we experience the joy of Jesus, giving all of ourselves seems like the smallest ask in comparison to what we receive in return. This word for buy is agorazo, and it means to transfer ownership from a seller to a buyer when something becomes another's possession or belonging. When you pay the price for obtaining something and it becomes yours, and this parable is about us finding what God has put here for us in whatever way we find it. It's about experiencing true joy. And it's about taking hold of all God has for us. But just like the world that exists within the single snowflake, 
there is so much more. Because you see, there is nothing good in us apart from God. And any goodness in us, any goodness that comes from our lives, is because we first experienced the goodness of God. We can have life because God gives and sustains life. And we can have joy because of God's grace. And we can give all of ourselves when we experience that joy because Jesus first gave all of himself for us. God had a treasure too, of course. A treasure that was lost long, long ago. What was God's treasure? His most important thing? The God loved best in all the world? God's treasure was his children. It was why Jesus had come into the world to find God's treasure and pay the price to win them back. And Jesus would do it, even if it cost him everything he had. We can find the treasure of God's kingdom because we are God's treasure. Not because of anything we have or have not done, are or are not doing, will or will not do, but simply because we are God's. God sought us out in the form of sending Jesus to live and die and live again. He found us, and he gave everything to get us back. And it was his joy to do so. Hebrews tells us, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We are the joy set before Jesus. We are his joy, and we can have joy because of it. We are his joy, and because of that, his grace abounds in our life, just waiting to be recognized. You are God's joy. You are God's treasure. We are the treasure that has been found and bought, and because of that, we can now take hold of the treasure God has for us, which is life in God's kingdom, where God is king, where our all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God is in place. See yourself as his treasure and take hold of the treasure he has for you. God, we thank you so much that you want to be known by us. We thank you so much for sending Jesus as storyteller so we can get to know you, but mostly as Savior, that he gave everything to get us back because we are your treasure. God, I hope, I hope that you can give us eyes to see us as your treasure, that we can see ourselves as treasure because that's how you see us. And then, God, in the joy that comes from seeing ourselves as your treasure, that we would then take hold of the treasure that you have for us, that you have put there intentionally for us, whether we accidentally happen upon it or if we are seeking it out, God. And you tell us that when we seek you, we will find you. God, you want to be found by us. We love you and we praise you and we thank you so much for your word, God. In your name we pray. Amen.